future is coming. So how do you think about the future? There's so many ways to think about the future. I look at movies uh, and literature, for instance. Uh, last year, 2019, was the futuristic setting of the dystopian novel and movie, uh, Blade Runner, the movie uh, based loosely on the Philip K. Dick uh, 1968 novel, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Uh, you know, in L.A., where it was always raining, very dystopian. And go back to uh, Back to the Future Part 2, Marty McFly, goes 30 years into the future and ends up in a really dystopian 2015. And then goes back to 1985. It just gets a little muddled, but uh, yeah, that didn't happen either. I remember reading a science fiction novel years ago when I was a kid that foretold the end of the world when almost all the water on the planet evaporated and the oceans pretty much dried up. There wasn't much left. You know, that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> At least not while humans are still around. And then, you know, there's the Jetsons. That's kind of a positive outlook on the future. A future with flying cars and robot maids and where everything is pretty much a push button away. And George Jetson was always getting in trouble because he was always making the wrong decision at work. And his boss always wanted to fire him and he never did. He ended up promoting him pretty much all the time. So how come we didn't end up with any of those futures? I wonder. Um, we just have today. Well, actually, a future would start tomorrow or maybe five minutes from now. Anyway, hey, it's Tim Patterson. This is Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. You can find me online at tradeshowguy.net. Everything you want to find out about us here, the company Trade Show Guy exhibits, the books I've published, the freebies I got. Uh, find an exhibit. It's all right there. Tradeshowguy.net. The podcast, the video version of it are always uh, embedded there as well. You know, I grew up reading science fiction, uh, Ray Bradbury, Philip K. Dick, Isaac Asimov, Harlan Ellison, Arthur C. Clarke, Paul Anderson, so many others. And frankly, science fiction is a great way to imagine what a future world might be. You know, instantaneous or almost space travel, uh, worlds spread throughout the galaxy like in Star Trek or Star Wars. Uh, but it always comes down to the story, doesn't it? Uh, what story are you telling? What is a conflict? It could be an old Western. It could be a soap opera in space like Star Wars. If you don't have conflict, the setting doesn't matter. Conflict makes a story when it comes to fiction. So speaking of the future, uh, we were kind of, I guess, uh, next week, a week from today, I believe, when this is published, I'll be flying to Anaheim for Natural Products Expo West. Trade Show Guy Exhibits uh, has a lot of clients there, so it'll be busy. Uh, making them look good, getting their exhibits set up and make sure they get set, uh, dismantled and packed away and all that stuff. Uh, and, you know, of course, seeing who else is there, meeting people. If you're going to be at the show, find my contact information on the blog, tradeshowguyblog.com. Uh, ping me and, hey, I'll be glad to meet you and buy you a cup of coffee. How's that sound? This week on the podcast, a fun interview with uh, trade show consultant, author, keynote speaker, Hyatt Ives who also has a great short weekly newsletter on language that I, I really love. It's fun. Uh, Hyatt's been in the trade show world for decades and has a lot to share. I want to welcome to Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee, Hyatt Ives, a trade show consultant, author, keynote speaker. Hyatt, it's so nice to have you on the show. I really appreciate you taking some time. My pleasure. Absolutely. Well, I know that we've had many communications over the years. I'm not sure exactly how we met. You might have reached out to me or, or vice versa. You're in Texas, is that correct? In beautiful Houston. Beautiful yes. Houston. Uh, my brother lived there in the 80s and early 90s, and I visited a number of times, and uh, all I can say is it's big and flat. <laughs> I got here by way of New York City. I was working in, uh, in New York, and uh, they were talking about what they call the buckle of the sun belt. 
they refer to Houston as the buckle of the Sun Belt. So I packed up everything I owned in, uh, in 1970 and drove down here, and uh, the rest is history. Well, there you go. So I want to talk about a couple of things that you do. You do a newsletter, which I really enjoy. Um, I'm not sure if you have an actual name for it, but it, the, the subject comes up different things, like what was the, the Mondegreens thing you had the other day. Yes. It's all about words, and you have a book called uh, That Ain't Not Right, which is a fascinating title, but you love words, obviously. So where did that come from? How did you decide to start uh, writing about words of the English language and where they came from? Well, my father was career military. He spent four years in the UK, and he shipped me off to a Jesuit boarding school. And I was uh, there the uh, seventh and eighth grade. And uh, they had an annual essay contest. And uh, everybody, it was four grades, five, six, seventh, and eighth grade. So it was one page, two page, three page, four page. Uh, so in the seventh grade, I wrote a, four, a three page uh, essay, you know, went down to the mailbox and dot, 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 and had to write three pages from there. Well, the an eighth grader always won the contest, <laughs> except, except when this American hit the scene, and I was awarded best writer in the school as a seventh grader. Wow. By the British Jesuits. You must have felt uh, pretty good about that. Well, I, I felt good, but it wasn't until a few years later that I said, you know, if the British Jesuits saw something in my writing skills, perhaps I ought to hone this skill. Right. In writing, to hone your skills, you have to just keep doing it. So you've done this newsletter right. for a while now, uh, and you kind of explore what, you know, homonyms are, or Mondegreens, and, and all sorts of stuff. And it's really, it's really a fun newsletter. So tell me about the newsletter a little bit. Well... In October of mid October of 2016, I had to do an introductory keynote about myself to a networking group. And it was a large group, there were about 50 people there. And rather than say, I'm high at eyes, blah, 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 I said, I'm going to talk about the use and abuse of the English language and wove my story into that. And one of my business associates was in attendance. He said, you have to capitalize on that. Mm. He said, I'm going to teach you how to use MailChimp. <laughs> I, want you to, I want you to come up with 50 names. I said, ah, 50. 50. Well, uh, so uh, in, in uh, late October of 2016, I put out my first That Ain't Not Right um, newsletter to 50 people. And the one that went out... Uh, this past Tuesday morning went to 776 people. Wow, you're almost at 777. That's uh, like like being in Vegas and winning. Yeah, yeah, almost almost as good as 88. <laughs> there you go. So you got that book. You've got the that ain't not right. You've also got a book on uh, 88 successful event strategies, which I presume you talk and you do some trade show consulting. So I'm curious to learn a little bit more about what you do around the trade show world and and how long your association with that industry has has been. Where that come from? Well, uh, I, I like to use the fact that it's four decades because people, you know, that's a long time. You know, you, you don't want to say it's over 40 years. You know, so I've, I've, been, I've been in the business for four, four decades. Right. Um, and I started on the corporate side of the ledger, and um, I was working for a company that had a trade show uh, here in Houston, and they had a 20 by 20 booth, and I was low man on the totem pole, and they said, Go ye, surf, and 
set that thing up and make it happen. Mm-hmm. Well, I like to work with my hands, and, and I got down there, and I met a British gentleman who was in the, in the industry, and, uh, of course, I have affinity for Brits. So he and I struck up a conversation. He said, you know, business-to-business marketing is a really great thing. And business-to-business trade show marketing is an even greater thing. So I said, okay. So I started to hone my skills in that area. And a few years later, went to work for one of the world's largest oil equipment manufacturers who have, has plants all over the world. And for the next six years, I did, his, did their worldwide shows and exhibits in places like uh, Scotland, Norway, Russia, China, Singapore, uh, uh, Bahrain, Saudi, Rio, Caracas, Maracaibo, all over. So you'd have this booth shipped there and you'd coordinate the setup or be a part of the setup and then just uh, uh, do whatever the marketing entailed. Do you actually get into, uh, were you partaking on the show floor? You weren't just doing the booth itself. You were like interacting with all of the attendees and, and and that sort of thing as well. In fact, that's where I came up with my uh, my um, guarantee. Uh, I have a company called Show Dynamics, and the tagline is Trade Show Leads Guaranteed. Gotcha. Now, the way I guarantee them is I help them come up with the open-ended question, the who, what, when, where, how open-ended question that literally requires the uh, person you're addressing that question to to either qualify or disqualify themselves. And I've always thought, you know, from, from like the day one, when I got into this industry, I learned that that's really the critical key because you got so many people coming through and there's very little time. You want to make sure that you're talking to the right people. So you have to disqualify as quickly as you have to qualify. So you have questions. Can you give an example of, of the type of question that might be critical at that stage? Tim, how do you use this in your operation? Tim, who's responsible for this function in your company? Tim, where where do you uh, where, where do you use this particular service? Uh, when was the last time you used this in, in your company, Tim? Uh, have I got them all? How you've got a few there? You're going so so uh, obviously if they're not involved or they're it's not something they're going to do. They say ah, that's not what we do. So you know right away that they're not a potential client. But if they say well you know I and they start to answer the question, then you can move on from there. Uh, which is very interesting. So I think that's really important. You got to figure out, are they going to buy? Are they the decision maker? Do they have a budget? What's their uh, schedule for buying? That's all part of the ongoing conversation. I would presume something like that. Well, yeah. Once you, yeah, but they, you, you, I, I have the ability to come up with the succinct open-ended because there's, there's no, hello, how are you? How's the show going for you? Hey, come over and see my widgets. It's you. Hey, you, you know, when was the last time you used this? You know, where do you use this? How do you use this? What application do you have for this? Um, and um, once I teach my client or guide my client into using that, and the, the guarantee comes with the fact that I have to be on the trade show floor because even if they're bumbling idiots, in fact, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. The vice president of a corporate, major corporation, worldwide corporation, uh, hired me, and I did a number of shows for them. And uh, we had a corner booth at one show, and I was asking my open-ended questions on one aisle. He was on the other aisle. You know, can I show you my widgets? You know, come and look at my widgets. Are you, you having know. a good day? Yes. Yeah, you know, you know, 
<laughs> you know, whatever. But but he was not comfortable. You know, you know, as you you know, you know me. I'm I'm a very shy, retiring person. It takes a lot of time out of my shell. Um, and and uh, he he was one of those people, and he could not bring himself. He he was smart enough to bring me into the picture to make it happen for his salespeople, and and but you know he knew that wasn't his comfort zone. Right. Um, and and uh, so I, uh, it, it, it's funny. I've also had the president of a company who went the other direction. You know, I'll stand out on the aisle and, and try to make eye contact with somebody 10 or 15 feet down the aisle. Hey, you know, how do you use this? Well, he'd get a little further out in the aisle and hit the people 25 feet down the aisle. Uh, so he was really reaching. <laughs> Oh yes, yeah. yes, yes. So, do well, you, when you consult with clients, do you do you train them ahead of time? Do you, is it some sort of uh, system to where you like do it online? Do you meet them in person, and then you you are part of the show when they actually go to the show? Is that how that works? Yeah, exactly. Uh, one client, I did not meet them until I met them on the trade show floor at the Javits Center in New York. They were from Jersey. I was from Houston. Uh, I forget how we got put together. But uh, we worked for six months uh, in prep for that show. And, um, uh, you know, once we were on the show floor, it was, you know, uh, I had trained them well enough that they knew what they were doing. And, you know, it, uh, they were very successful. So, uh, Hyatt, a couple more questions, then we'll wrap this up. Uh, when you go to a, a show, do you – trying to figure out how to, how to, how to ask this – uh, when you advise people to go to a show, uh, do their booth staff need training ahead of time if, if you don't get involved? I mean, do you think that's a wise thing, for instance? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Um, and, and I do that. Uh, you know, the, 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 the basics of you don't stand together, you don't eat, you don't telephone, you don't, you're not on the computer. But on the positive side is, you know, here, here is the open-ended question you are going to ask Here's a lead qualifying card that you're going to follow that, you know, you used to be able to uh, give this to someone when they fill them out, but the, that's not, you know, people don't want to do that. So I'll say, you know, uh, in, in, a, in a range, you know, how, how many employees do you have? Is it one to five, 10, five to 10, 10 to 20? You know, I've worked out the ranges. What, what's your budget range? What, you know, also qualifying, uh, those are quantifying, qualifying things, you know, in, on a range one to five, uh, five being very important, you know, uh, how, how are the following things, you know, on-time delivery, uh, you know, nearness of supply. So you, you can, you can, once you hit them with the open-ended, with the right open-ended question, and the neat thing about an open-ended question is if it doesn't work, you can change it. Yeah. And you can, and a good open-ended question leads to more questions. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And a closing question like the one that I, you know, kind of mocked on earlier is like, uh, are you having a nice day? Um, you know, that's the, the worst thing you can say. Um, or are you enjoying the show? Yes. Thanks. Yeah. Bye. So where can people find you, Hyatt, online? Your, your company, Show Dynamics, uh, I would presume we can, we can track down somehow. Showdynamics.com. You can also find me at HyattIves.com. And that's H-I-E-T-T. -T. Sounds like the hotel is just spelled differently. H-I-E-T-T-I-V-E-S okay. -E -E dot com. And you can uh, reach me at my friendly neighborhood cell phone, 832-372-6900. That's 832-372-6900.
He sounds like a radio guy. Uh, and, and I presume on one of those, you could track down your newsletter or your books. Uh, the books are on yes. Amazon, but uh, all that stuff is there. Hi, yeah, it's a pleasure having you on the show. I, I really appreciate you sharing uh, your knowledge, your expertise, and uh, I'm sure we'll connect again soon. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you, Tim. Thanks again to Hyatt Ives for joining me on the podcast slash video blog this week. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, check the show notes to track him down. Uh, trade show tip of the week. Uh, based on a blog post I did in just the last couple of weeks, there are uh, some unwritten rules of trade show performance or etiquette, whatever you want to call it, that you should adhere to. And I like to point these out now and then because I see so many people break them. Uh, you know, no... <laughs> No eating in the booth. If you're on duty, no eating in the booth, no sitting in the booth, no being on your phone unless you're taking care of some business. I mean, actual business, not just talking to your girlfriend or boyfriend. Uh, greet visitors with a smile. That's kind of an unwritten rule. Have a great engaging question, just like uh, Hyatt was talking about. Being on time when you're scheduled to work, don't show up late. And my last one always is, is the best, of course. Wear comfortable shoes. Not those brand new shoes that you got and they look really cool and you haven't broken in and you don't know what it'll be like when you walk seven miles in one day and then you don't have any other shoes. No, bring the comfortable shoes. Bring back your two most comfortable pair of shoes. Um, you know, they should be nice looking, but they should be comfortable. That's like the most important part. So uh, one good thing. Where'd it go? Here we go. Uh, completely grocery. And the Sauce Unlimited, two bands that I knew of in Portland in my younger days, like 25-plus years ago, uh, had some stuff out on CD, saw them in concert a few times. Uh, the band members, at least a couple of them, have gotten back together, gone through the old tapes and stuff, and they've reissued some of this stuff. It's kind of fun. It's good rock and roll. It's, um, like I say, from the 80s and 90s, completely grocery and the Sauce Unlimited. Um, I'll see you again in 25 years. And then the Sauce Unlimited, greetings from the fourth floor. And I mention these because their Facebook page has gotten active and they've they've put this stuff out. It's on Bandcamp. I'll have a link to it there. I, I bought these both. I got them for like 10 bucks. Uh, I think 12 bucks because I paid $2 for, uh, for, for shipping. But as soon as I paid, I got the downloads, the, the automatic downloads. Fun rock and roll. And uh, yeah, what the heck? Check it out. Completely grocery. And the Sauce Unlimited. That does it for this week's Trade Show Guy Monday Morning Coffee. Maybe I'll see you in Anaheim. Have a good week. <laughs>